Hi, this is Jeff Hedges, president of RJ Hedges and Associates, and you're listening to Pharmacy Podcast. This is Todd Uray, the executive director of the Pharmacy Technology Resource, and today's Pharmacy Podcast is on an extremely interesting subject that I don't know as much as I should with regards to the pharmacy industry, and that's uh, HIPAA and compliancy and what's happening in 2010. And I have a very special guest today that's a subject matter expert in HIPAA and compliance for independent pharmacy. Uh, Jeff Hedges is the president of RJ Hedges and Associates. Good evening, Jeff. How are you? Pretty good. Good evening. So I talk with independent pharmacies every week, and um, we, of course, are all uh, paying attention to the news and Healthcare reform is, uh, and the buzz about is, is on everyone's mind. Another subject that constantly, uh, I'm hearing more and more about is the significance of, uh, of how HIPAA plays into healthcare, um, how compliance is so important for, uh, independent pharmacies and other healthcare professions. Um, give us an introduction of yourself, Jeff, and, and a little bit about, um, about what you do. Okay, my uh, my company, uh, R.J. Hedges and Associates. What we do, we work with independent pharmacies throughout the United States, and our, uh, our what we do is we come in and we work with the pharmacy through Medicare accreditation. We take care of HIPAA compliance, red flags, identity theft rules, and a variety of compliance issues for the pharmacy. We uh, it's actually a turnkey program. Well, we do all the writing and all the policy of all the policies and procedures, and then at that point we put it in, in written format, and it's easy to use. It's computer based using Microsoft Office products, and that way for the pharmacist and his or her techs, everything is in a mouse click away, so they can basically find any answer to any question within 30 seconds on the third of the month, and that's the standard we go with. That makes it uh, very simple for a pharmacy owner that has only a bazillion other things that he or she needs to be doing. I heard something in the news um, just two days ago. It was called the Implementation of the High Tech Act, and um, I didn't really understand it. Have you heard anything about the High Tech Act and, and what that's going to do to independent pharmacies as well? Yes, the High Tech Act actually uh, was enacted as part of the economic stimulus package last March. The economic stimulus package uh, basically was supposed to uh, set up uh, stimulus to get people back to work in the United States. However, 4% of that bill encompasses changes to the HIPAA statutes. And the biggest thing that they did is they strengthened the fines to go up to $1.5 million per year per entity Holy cow. For, for violations. So, uh, And the biggest thing that's happening right now is, is that everybody has to issue new business associate agreements with their BAs by September, or February 17th of this year. And with that, the uh, BAs, they, the biggest thing that's included within those BAs must be the new breach reporting requirements. And these reporting requirements are really stiff and really strict. Um, within, if there is a breach of any type of protected health information at the business associate, 
the BA must notify the covered entity or the pharmacy immediately upon discovering that the breach has occurred and all the patients that their information had been breached. And then the pharmacy must notify the Health and Human Services as well as the patients of these breaches and there are specific time frames. There are some business associates out there that are now issuing their own business associate agreements trying to help the pharmacy out. But it's a buyer beware because the ones I've read so far the business associate is excluding all their breach requirements and then makes the pharmacy just by signing the business associate agreement in violation of federal statute. Jeff, how will how will breach reporting change? Completely, because there is no uh, breach reporting at this point. Uh, Breach reporting, uh, we have to notify patients and health and human services and that is a major change for all healthcare. And um, according to healthcare industry needs to focus substantial attention on issues related to security breaches, both in terms of how best to prevent them and then in the first place and also on the investigation assessment and notification obligations that will result, what else is comes into play with regards to independent pharmacists and their employees and their patients? The change is significant because of the type of reporting and what the definition of a breach is. For example, a breach on paperwork would be uh, a breach where you would discard uh, protected health information into the garbage, or you've lost paperwork and it's gone outside the pharmacy, or one of the most common items is that when you give a prescription to the wrong patient. Uh, electronic breaches would be hackers trying to get into your system, and a lot of pharmacies have unprotected uh, networks, so people can get in. Uh, lost media, where you would lose a jump drive or a uh, uh, a hard drive that you're taking back and forth to home uh, for security reasons, or anybody coming behind the counter that's unauthorized and accessing your computer system. And then the one that really is going to be the impact is verbal breaches. So if an employee breaches another patient's uh, protected health information in the pharmacy in the open, that is considered a breach. Now, there are incidental contact requirements in there, but you still have to be very careful on how your clerks and your techs and even the pharmacists, how they communicate with the patient so that uh, other people are not going to be exposed to protected health information that's not theirs. Jeff, can you describe the difference between the privacy and the security roles with regards to HIPAA compliance? Okay, well, uh, within the HIPAA statutes, there are two portions, the privacy and the security role. The privacy has been uh, enforced by the Office of Civil Rights and the security side has been administered uh, by the uh, by CMS or Medicare. Uh, Medicare or CMS has transferred all authority for enforcement back over to the Office of Civil Rights or the OCR. Since then, OCR has been hiring actively HIPAA inspectors at a GS at a GS eleven pay grade, and top of that. State attorney generals have now been given the enforcement uh, responsibilities 
to enforce HIPAA statutes, and they can bring civil actions on violations at state court, which is also another large change. So this uh, this issue is is going to be much more prominent in um, a pharmacy owner's uh, business and, and life than really it's ever been before. Yes, it will be. It'll be just like uh, Sudafedra having the police coming in and checking your logs. It'll be the same thing. We'll have a lot of people checking uh, pharmacies and other healthcare providers to make sure that they're enforced. And up until this year, if you had a complaint, Health and Human Services came in with an inspection to verify. But now, in fact, this year, they're coming in without any complaint. Uh, they're just coming in on a no-notice inspection. Yeah, that was my next question was, you know, um, will these uh, will these inspections be um, be announced? But what you're saying is, is they're not going to be? Uh, no, there will be no – the announcement will be when they walk into your door and they show your credentials and say, I'm here from the Office of Civil Rights to discuss HIPAA, HIPAA concerns. Wow. Not that uh, independent farm, community pharmacies have – Anything else to do that day? <laughs> That's not going to be a won't right. be a fun day. And they don't really care that you are really busy. If they walk in first thing in the morning and you have fifty to a hundred scripts on the counter to be filled and the phones ringing, when they walk in the door, you have to give them your undivided attention. So if your ship is in shape, is basically what we're all saying today is you have less to worry about and probably. Um, a, a better chance of, of getting uh, that individual, that inspector, uh, through the process that they need to get through. That is correct. But the key thing is having updated policies and procedures. And a lot of folks realize that the HIPAA, HIPAA law came into effect back in 2003, and the security rule went into effect in 2005. But there have been four major updates to the federal statute uh, in the last two years, not including the one that's going into effect right now. Here's a scenario, Jeff. I, I want to run past you. I'm a I'm an independent pharmacy uh, owner. I have three three locations, um, a total of uh, let's say 20, 20 some employees. Uh, what on February first, February second? What's your advice to me to um, to solidify my my programs, my policies, my CE, and and what kind of plan do you do you propose I lay out for uh, for the next X number of uh, months or X number of weeks? Okay, the first thing that everybody needs to review right now is their business associate agreements and get them prepared and out the door. Now, a standard business associate agreement prior to the high-tech rules was four pages long. With all the breach reporting requirements, it has now grown to six pages. So the pharmacy may need some help in finding what uh, what they need to compile to place into the um, into the business associate agreement, and then prepare to get them out. The second thing after that's done is then review the policies and procedures you currently have and make sure they're up to speed with all the requirements and all the employees know about it. And then also prepare to add in all the new high-tech policies and procedures on breach reporting and get them ready to go. And then on, Janu- on June 1st, 
the FTC's uh, red flags for identity theft prevention rule goes into effect, and that also ties back into HIPAA, as both of those two regulations, governed by two different federal agencies, now merge into one. So for a typical um, community pharmacy, um, what's the time frame that you see to get everything in place that needs to be with regards to some of the new things that have, have come into play, which includes the High Tech Act? They need to act right away. Um, because there's another series of HIPAA changes coming out in August of this year. Um, they can't. The biggest thing is they can't sit and wait for someone to tell them what to do or someone to come in with a white horse and say, okay, I want to fix everything for you. There are very few people out there that actually have the capability to assist a pharmacy to prepare business associate agreements or even to provide them with a business associate agreement that they can use uh, and create and just go ahead and send out to their VAs. Is there additional um, continuing education that um, I need to take as an owner, as a pharmacist, as a pharmacy tech that's different? So is is there a difference between um, a pharmacy's CE HIPAA requirements, and that of a, a technician? No. Uh, the pharmacist and the pharmacy technician will have the exact same training requirements. There's no formal, per se, uh, continuing education credits. There are some out there. But the training is training on your policies and procedures and to make sure that all employees understand those policies, know how to access them, and how to use them. From an information technology standpoint, um, what needs to be um, what needs to be changed? What needs to be looked at? What needs to be um, uh, made aware with regards to network and security and the internet and um, electronic records and, of course, their pharmacy system. Well, the biggest thing is to make sure that their network is secure. Now, with most pharmacies, they uh, link right to their pharmacy software system. And in most cases, they're already encrypted, and that's fine. And they're ready to go with that. However, where the challenge comes in is when a pharmacy grows and they go and put in an additional workstation, there's not enough room in the existing hub for those uh, for that computer. And what they do a lot of times, so I find, as the pharmacy goes down to Staples or Office Max, and they buy a router to, or a switch to put into their network. And here it's a wireless router, and they're using it as a hub, and it works perfectly. But that is behind the server and behind all your protection. So it's basically an open free door coming into the pharmacy's database. And at that point, um, as long as it's, uh, password protected, you're in good shape. But if it's not password protected and it's unsecure, it's just the same as having all your patient files out on the street corner for anybody to read. So as part of the inspection that's going to be done by uh, these uh, HIPAA officers, um, is that going to be part of the check? Is how secure a pharmacy's uh, 
uh, internet and and electronic network is. Yes, that's part of it. And it's very simple to check yourself. Uh, most laptops come with a wireless card already mounted in there. And what you can do if you have one or have access to one, turn your computer on and then connect network connections. And a lot of times you can get, you can see your server and actually get into it. And then if that happens, you know you have an unprotected system. Why is 2010, why is this such a significant year for this subject? The biggest thing was the high-tech change that was implemented in the economic stimulus package last year. For whatever reason, um, Congress put this into play, and they've really, uh, really strengthened everything up as far as compliance and enforcement. Where does... Um where does a pharmacy owner go to to kind of get a a checklist, uh, for example, to to make sure that they are doing everything that, that needs to be done before that HIPAA officer shows up at their door? That's a good uh, good one. There are very few companies out there that are, are equipped or ready to or even support a uh, pharmacy to prepare and make sure that they're ready to go. Uh, my company, for example, we work nationwide and we build the entire program. And because there's so many changes, we assume going in, and likely so, that they, their policies and procedures are not up to date if they even have them. And we write from scratch to get everything done. So your um, your own company has been doing this for some time. Um, this is probably going to be one of the busiest years that, that you can remember in a long time, I'm sure. Um, what association um, can they reach out to that gives them kind of a breakdown of exactly what that checklist is so um, they know if they need outside assistance or not? Uh, the first thing, check with your state pharmacy uh, association. That's the best place to start. Um uh, and ask them if they've put anything together. I know some states, like Kansas, have been very proactive and have done things like this. Other states have not done anything as far as state associations. Um, that's the first place to start. Second place, if they uh, to look out on the Internet and see who's out there and who's available. But the big thing is you've got to be careful. You've got to look for references, and you've got to make sure the facility or the organization you're about to deal with is credible. We've seen a lot of scams in 2003 and 2005, and additional scams last year with accreditation going into place. And a lot of, there are people out there that are very unethical. They will take, you, take all your money up front. And they'll send you the state or the federal statute and say, now you have everything you need. So you've got to be careful and check everybody out. How can you tell if an organization is, um, is even, um, accredited or uh, even, uh, um, certified to be able to then turn around and, and help a independent pharmacy to be compliant? Again, start with the state association or check with NCPA and see what they have. Uh, they have several people out there that they refer to, including mine. Uh, also, the NCPA has a consumer guide section of their webpage, and you can go in there and check out different companies that have uh, that NCPA has checked out 
for HIPAA compliance. Now, are there different tiers of offenses that that are kind of um, published, or is it um, is it pretty volatile right from the beginning with regards to uh, finding some uh, someone's independent pharmacy that is uh, not compliant? It comes down to the severity of the breach or uh, that's being given. For example, if there is a breach. Uh, where a patient says, well, I overheard something from another patient and filed a complaint. That could be as little as a $100 fine. Um, or if uh, you have a network, um, and like we see in the hospitals, especially the VA, where they lose a jump driver or a computer that's not password protected, and you have hundreds of thousands of people, well, then we've seen fines in the multi-million dollar range already from different hospitals from the uh, from the office of civil rights so what is your in today's age of uh disaster recovery and data recovery and data backup um jump drive and in in the tape magnetic tape seem to be kind of a a yesteryear uh technology uh what do you see in the in the market with regards to security and to uh into backup the uh, online backup systems are are really good. Uh, the prices have come down considerably. Uh, the best one I've seen so far is a co- computer company called Keycentrics. Uh, the way they do their backup, it's online, does it every hour. QS1 also has a system that does backups every night, and a lot of the other uh, software companies are starting to migrate into that. Very good. I, I've heard the same, um, and I've seen the same um, services being um, extended to the customers to do those backups for them. And um, their security, uh, the majority of those uh, uh, pharmacy software providers are um, are already uh, prepared for um, that type of encryption and that type of security. So that that's a that's an excellent point. What do you um? What do you see happening in, in 2010 with regards to um, uh, additional um, education programs from the from the national associations level? Do you do you see NCPA or the American Pharmacy Association um, starting to do um, programs um, on a much wider basis, like at some of the um, national conferences? Uh, as far as for this year in 2010, I would imagine they would. Uh, they'll be looking at that throughout the year. Uh, as far as NCPA and their national convention in Philadelphia next October, um, that agenda has not been ex- established, and I've already talked to NCPA about it, as well as other uh, conferences and uh, trade shows. Uh, there will be CEs advise or added to these programs, and a lot of them will focus around Medicare accreditation, HIPAA compliance, and all the other new statutes that are going into place. You said earlier, Jeff, about um, customizing specific to the business. Um, regardless of what you get at a at a let's say a national conference, um, with regards to listening to a program or a con- or, or a specific topic, there's still something uh, to be said to to have someone like yourself come into the business and really make a very personal assessment. That's correct. Uh, your policies have to be written to your facility. So you just can't buy a canned off-the-shelf uh, policy and procedure manual and say, 
I'm ready to go. Uh, a lot of the documents have to be um, modified, customized to the individual store. For example, your notice of privacy practice has to have your phone number, your address, your region's reporting um, office for complaints. Uh, you have to have contact information and contact person. Um, all your forms have to have notification information as how they can, uh, the patient, when they request a specific request like a restriction of access or restriction of uses and disclosures, there has to be personalized to that entity and then uh, information on how to return that paperwork back to that pharmacy. If I'm a uh, pharmacy owner and, and I want to reach out to you specifically because your name is, is well known in the industry as being a subject matter expert, um, how do we get a hold of you, Jeff? The best way is to call my office uh, at 724-357-8380 or check out our webpage at www.rjhedges.com or www.thehippaguy.com. Dot com. So that's www.thehippaguy.com. And uh, correct spelling of HIPAA is H-I-P-A-A, right? <laughs> I see that uh, misspelled a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've even seen the government come out with a misspelled. <laughs> well, um, it's, been a, it's been wonderful to talk to you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. We'd, we'd like to have you back maybe mid-year to um, to get an update on everything that's happening. We'll probably, unfortunately, we'll have a lot to talk about with regards to the to the news that um, that uh, of any of the um, um, uh, infractions uh, that, that make national headlines. Um, I hope none of the uh, independent pharmacies out there uh, have any of those issues. But nonetheless, we'd, we'd like to have you return to the show and, and talk more about um, these very important topics with regards to HIPAA and compliance and, and how independent pharmacies can, can stay compliant and stay successful moving forward. So um, thank you so much, Jeff, for your time tonight. Okay, well, thank you for having me, and I've enjoyed it. Thank you. You were listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, I'm the Executive Director of the Pharmacy Technology Resource, Todd Yuri, and we enjoyed uh, having you this evening, and stay tuned for additional programs uh, dedicated to the success, productivity, and profitability of independent pharmacy. Thank you.